0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Locked on Flames. Today, we have a very special guest joining us on a more regular basis, and we're going to introduce him today with our Battle of Alberta Primer right here on Locked on Flames. You're Locked on Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every day well hello everyone and welcome to locked on flames if you're watching on youtube you probably see a familiar face and that is nick zararis for everyone who is joining on audio uh nick how are you
1: i'm very excited to be here uh it- couldn't have picked a better time to start because we have a Battle of Alberta to get right into the swing of things.
0: Yes. So um, one piece of business before we get to all the fun stuff. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Uh, just so you never miss an episode and we get to talk about all the fun things like a Battle of Alberta primer and then probably a post game wrap up i can't even talk today it's certainly friday but nick let's give our audience a a better idea of who nick zararis is
1: Um, I've been doing daily sports content since I was a sophomore in college. I'm 25 years old now. I do a lot of podcast things. I do a lot of video production things. I do write on occasion. I very much have fallen into the Bill Simmons trap of I used to write because all I'm doing is podcast things now, basically, but that Uh, write about everything. I watch pretty much every sport. I've got a pretty good understanding of most of them. I come at things. I am not just a stats guy. I'm not just a video guy. I like to try and put them together in a way that's able to make the numbers or the blue or the red or whatever on whatever you're looking at, try and make sense. So I'm going to try and give a little bit more depth to the analysis and try and put complicated things in a way that aren't so complicated so that you know you don't need a statistics degree to understand the type of stuff we're going to talk about on the show trust me i had to take intro to stats in college twice it was not easy yeah no it was not easy so we got to be able to put it in a way that everybody can understand no matter what your understanding of math is but I'm very excited to be here. I've been on this flame. I've been tweeting into the void about the flame for the better part of three years now. So (laughs) to do something productive with all of that energy and watching all of these flames games, it's it's an exciting opportunity. I'm very, very much looking forward to what we're going to do with this.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. And part of the reason why I wanted to bring you on, other than being a good friend, is the fact that you make math. And all the numbers, easy to understand. And that is something that I feel like only you can bring to this show. So, speaking of numbers, let's throw in the alphabet with the BOA. Uh, if you're new here, that's Battle of Alberta. But um, a, what a time, like you said, to kick off this new chapter for the show. Um, the Flames won the last i'm pretty sure it was like four to one or something no it might have been closer than that but it was like it was a close game uh definitely a game everybody should have taken the over on i feel like with any flames game you have to take the over but um yeah how, how do you feel as i don't want to call you an outsider but like how do you feel about the battle of alberta heading into tomorrow
1: It's one of the best rivalries, if not the best rivalry in hockey. I mean, Flyers-Penguins was pretty hot there for a while, but the Flyers have very much fallen off, and the Penguins aren't really a cup contender anymore. We're getting there with some of these. The Rangers and Lightning kind of have a little something going on, but for the regional, the provincial rivalries – these are the ones that that move the needle because these are the people you interact with on a daily basis. These are the people you see at work, at school, and you get into the arguments over hockey with. And it, it the thing about these types of rivalries, the provincial and the regional-based ones, is th- this is about validating a way of life. I, I was watching a documentary during the week, it's Friday now, about um, college football in the Southeastern Conference in the Southeast. And it's The people who root for Alabama think they're better than the people who root for Auburn just because they root for Alabama. It's the same type of thing. Flames fans think they're better than Oilers fans because they root for the Flames and vice versa, which is what makes this so contentious. The only disappointing thing is that Matthew Kachuk isn't here anymore to have him and Leon do their, their lovers to enemies trope going on.
0: Yeah. But now we have Evander Kane and Nazem Kadri who, you know. That's beef. That's real beef. Yeah,
1: yeah that, that's going to be great. interesting. Yeah. Nas has been great to start the year. He, he, I'm very, very excited to see what the Flames do. And the fun part is, and we're going to talk about a little more when we get to the actual part of the matchup, just the Flames haven't even really hit their stride yet, and they're still playing relatively well. The defense is kind of leaky, and they're still winning most of these games comfortably. So it's a very exciting time to be doing Flames content, to be honest with you. So this is awesome.
0: Yeah, this is a complete 180 from where I started the show yes. versus where we're at now. Um, for those of you who don't know, I was hosting the show uh, when Jeff Ward was an interim head coach. And then they hired him and then they fired him at one o'clock in the morning uh, in Ottawa. And that was just a very therapeutic podcast to record I jumped right out of bed and was like all right you're getting a 2 a.m. drop because this is the thing we've all been waiting for and this is gonna be I think a great game you know obviously prime time hockey night in Canada it doesn't get much better than that and especially considering the playoff history as well and just I don't know, it's unfinished business for the Flames
1: it's absolutely unfinished business you but again these are two teams that both expect to make the playoffs regular season game only means so much this is one of yeah. those games that the tv people the media people like us will play up because it is exciting this is fun this is this is a lot more than just you know another regular season game in terms of narratives in terms of the actual game itself you know there's a little bit of animosity going in both directions these teams aren't you know these guys aren't friends with each other or anything like that but it'll be It should be a good game. The potential for chaos is high, which is usually a good indicator for how good a regular season game is going to be. Because most regular season games, you know, it takes a little while to get into it. There's a little bit of a slog of feeling out first 10 minutes of back and forth, trying to get in. These teams know each other. They've got a pretty deep history. The roster turnover with Calgary makes things a little bit different, but this should be a good game. This is a good game on paper. It's probably the best game of the entire slate on Saturday from my cursory glance. I was looking at, I'm very excited for this. I cannot wait to be watching this game in pajamas on the couch.
0: Yep. Yeah, I was going to say we will have our midnight snacks, our slippers, like it's finally cooling back down here in upstate New York. So it's, it's great. It's a great time to get in the hockey spirit. Um, do, see, I'm looking at these numbers here on the outline, and, like, they're numbers to me. Okay, can you break down some of these advanced stats?
1: Okay, so the thing I wrote down in the outline was talking about rate stats. The, the ones where the, that are a fraction, that are over 60... Yeah. You do that to make a comparison because yeah. I, I know it's it's been a while for some people, but you know how you have to have the common denominator to add fractions together. Yeah. It's the same idea here. You need to have a comparable amount of something to compare to because not every player plays the same amount of ice time. Not every team has the same amount of ice time at five on five or five on four or four on five. So by making it five on five over 60, you're having a reasonable comparison. And in the notes, I have stats about the rate the teams play at just straight up scoring chances. Whenever you see a CF, Think of it as chances for an NCA would be chances against. That's all that is. Corsi, it's called Corsi. That's the name. That's the person who came up with the idea for the statistic. But just think of it as scoring chances. Every single scoring chance in that, in that, um, in that, statistic is treated equally expected goals is different that's a little more nuanced and complicated there's another layer of math to that but just in terms of pure rate the Oilers play at one of the fastest paces in the league which shouldn't surprise anybody we all kind of we've watched Connor McDavid do the he where he gets the star in Mario Kart and just goes through everybody (laughs) we've all seen him do that so it makes sense that the Oilers are a tempo team and the Flames the Flames are a volume team. They're they're not cheesing the expected goals the way they have in the past, but that's because you lose high-end guys like Goudreau and Kachuk. You're going to have to change how you approach offense, and they've opted for volume so far where they're going to create a lot of scoring chances. They're going to look for rebounds. They're going to look for deflections. The ugly goals, the greasy ones, the ones that you have to outwork the other team for, and they have the skill sets to do that. So the Flames are somewhere closer to the middle of the pack in terms of rate, but they're still in the upper half of the league just in terms of the chances they create. That that And that's what happened during the playoffs, and my co-host on the Rangers podcast I do keeps bringing up well you got to make sure you manage your goalie you don't want it to happen to Shisterkin what happened to jacob markstrom and then i just every single time i tell him but andrew the, the, the oilers are so fast it wasn't just that jacob markstrom wasn't playing well it's that the flames were kind of slow and it got into a track meet up and down style series and the flames aren't suited to play that style of hockey the flames are not that type of team and it it happens that's the da- that's the thing about a seven game series, anything can happen. You only got to win four out of seven over the course of a long season. You want to play more the way the flames are because it's more consistent night to night. You're it's dependable. You know what you're going to get. You're not reliant on people over exceeding what they're doing. They're not shooting a crazy percentage, like in the high teens or something like that. So there, there's a lot of moving parts in understanding this type of analysis. And the biggest thing, and I, I'm going to say this till on least January, We don't have enough data yet to really judge anything that you need at least a 20 to 40 game 20 is when the numbers start to stabilize. Like most of the statistic websites won't have stats beyond until you get to that 20 game mark. Then you can start to make conclusions. It's very early. Like right now, the Buffalo Sabres look like a very good hockey team.
0: Yeah. And that's saying a lot, you know, I think, I don't know. I feel like every October the Sabres kind of go on this, like, thing that they're doing. I don't want to call it a run. because A heater.
1: They go on a heater. It's like somebody playing Blackjack at the casino. They got a few hot hands in a row. They really don't know what they're doing. They keep hitting on 17, but they keep winning games, so they're going to keep playing.
0: Yep, exactly. And, you know, I think that's the thing I've been mentioning kind of all month, pretty much, is while these points matter, it's still too early to try to determine Anything, yeah. You know, you could say that, you know, Jacob Markstrom has had a rocky start to the season, but when you look at other overall numbers, it's, except for last October, because that doesn't count in this case, it's yeah. an outlier, you know, it's not as horrendous as some people might make it out to be.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That, that's the biggest thing. You got to get, you, it takes time. 82 games is a long season and you won't really get a good feel for anything. Uh, the statistic everybody in hockey media uses is American Thanksgiving. That's usually yeah. your mark where you start to understand who's actually good and who's not. The flames so far look pretty good. I mean, aside from that game against Buffalo last week, which was kind of weird and out of character, they looked slow. They took a lot of bad penalties. They kind of got, worked in transition, which doesn't usually happen. Other than that, I mean, they handled Pittsburgh pretty well. They haven't played since Tuesday. That's really the only concern I would have just in terms Mm. of looking at this game. At a drop down ten thousand foot view is you haven't played in four days. It, the yeah. Oilers played Thursday night. They played a very weird game against the Blackhawks. They came down to the last twenty seconds. The final score was six to five. There wasn't a lot of defense played in either direction. It was a very ugly game, and the Oilers won because they have more talent. They just got the they just found a way in that last couple minutes to find to win that game. Otherwise, that was going to go to OT against one of the least talented teams in the league. It, it sets up nicely. This is a very fun game to watch, and we're going to talk a little more in-depth about what the Flames need to do to be successful in this game.
0: Yes, and now's a perfect time to take a quick break and tell you about our friends at Bet Online. Now, I told you all you need to take the over when it comes to uh the any flame game, pretty much, but especially a battle of Alberta. Um again, this is not real advice. I am not an avid sports better, but if you want to become one, Bet Online is the perfect spot for you. It is betonline.net is the number one source for sports betting and it's a perfect way to get into the new basketball season. We got the World Series starting tonight. So let's, you know, go Philly.
1: Okay. Anyone Ethi- ethically, as a Met fan, I'm not allowed to root for the Phillies, but the Astros are also an unethical team, so I'm I don't know what to do in terms of principles and ethics in the World Series. Yeah. I'm rooting for fun, I, yeah. I guess. I would like seven yeah. good games, that's what I'm rooting for.
0: Yeah, you know what? If we could do like fun per 60, some yeah. average, something like that, you know, bet online probably has like a funometer that we could just, you know, start looking at. But <laughs> Bet Online will remain your continued source for all of your sports wagering info with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Betonline, where the game starts. Nick, since you're new here, why don't you do us the honor of plugging
1: your Twitter? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Nick Zararis. Nick A R I S. I don't know if you saw that tweet about that sociological report about what Twitter considers people who are heavy Twitter users, <laughs> and it was like they log on, they log on like three times a week and tweet four times a week. I don't what know what the I, I don't know. I, I've been trying to come up with the perfect comparison for what Twitter is. And I was talking about it the other day at the, the Ranger Islander game with my friend who I went to the game with and we settled on, it's the hotel, California. Nobody ever leaves. Everybody keeps complaining, but we're all still here.
0: Yeah. That's yep. That sounds about (laughs) right. I remember like when I started using Twitter, I would like live tweet, um, Not necessarily games, but award shows. Yeah. And my friends would be like, you tweet too much. Well. I got all these thoughts.
1: They got to go somewhere. You don't have thoughts going on? Like you're not just constantly stream of consciousness? (laughs) Someone's got to hear it.
0: So might as well be the internet. Exactly. Speaking of things we need to hear. um, Keys to the game. What, What are you looking for? in terms of things that will go in Calgary's favor or what, what do they need to do in order to win?
1: Um, for the flames, it comes down to a few things. Number one, you have home ice. Whenever you have a stoppage in play and you can get your preferred matchup because you have last change, you're going to be mindful of when 97 and 29 are on the ice. They have deployed them separately so far to start the year. Last year, the Flames had pretty good success in the regular season against McDavid using the um, the Rasmus Anderson Noah Hannifin pair. I wrote it down there, something like close to fifty five percent plus in all the major statistics of course expected goals, and high danger chances. So idea you hard match up those two against McDavid when McDavid's on the ice with the you. They've been running him with the Vander Kane and Kyler Yoda and then other than You're going to have to get the one flaw in the way the Flames play a pretty high defensive line to mitigate that, to try and force the other team to dump the puck in from further away. So they have to go further to get it. And, the Flames are a little bit slow. They're not getting back there to win those foot races. It was a problem for them in the playoffs, especially where the Oilers turned every game into a track meet. So for this game, you got to make the Oilers work for that 200 feet of ice. You got to make them dump the puck in and go get it, as opposed to getting that clean zone entry, because you let McDavid gain the zone with speed. You let dry gain the zone with speed. Okay. The- everything flows off of them when they have the puck on their stick, it kind of functions like a basketball offense where they hold the puck and everyone around them is moving, trying to get into a space to receive the puck as opposed to more of a conventional cycle. You would see other teams run. And the other thing is the cross seam stuff, The, the lateral passes across the width of the ice, Drysdale is one of the best passers in the entire league. He had a really nice assist in the game on Thursday against the Blackhawks. That was off his backhand across basically the width of the ice that I don't know how got through traffic. But you got to control the tempo of the game and you got to try and make the Oilers work for their offense. You can see it is feasible to make the Oilers work for their offense. It starts in their own zone. You have to forecheck them aggressively. We know the Flames have a pretty strong forecheck. That Manjapati, Kadri, and Dubé line has been really strong at that to start the year. I know last week when I was, the, they were really the only line in the game against Buffalo that played particularly well. That was really making Buffalo work for their zone exits. And the Oilers' defense, their defensemen, they're okay puck movers. I mean, Tyson Berry's pretty good. Dar- Darnell Nurse is a pretty good puck mover, but you can pressure them into mistakes. The Oilers' defense is not great. Their goaltending hasn't been that good to start the year. The Flames are going to need to be aggressive on the forecheck. Don't let them get clean zone exits. Don't let them – and they got to slow this game down. The Flames, if they're going to win this game, need to slow the game down and play at a pace that suits the way they want to play, not the way the Oilers want to play, which is like they're all driving race cars on the ice.
0: Yeah, you know, and the Flames are – definitely familiar actually not this roster so much but um they're no strangers to dump and chase they know yeah. they know how to play and they can they can figure it out there was once a point um again in that fake 56 game season where every time they were you know going into the zone it wasn't a strategic style of play it was okay it's like I'll work them and- yeah. And, you know, I think against a team, like you said, like the Oilers, you have to make them work for it and you want to almost tire them out in that. Yeah, work. for sure. Um, But, you know, I think that the best thing, like Rasmus Anderson has been playing fantastic this season and uh, not only defensively, but offensively as well. Um, I was just reading an article yesterday or the day before about how he is pretty much hanging out with Adam Fox and Kale McCarr in terms of stats. And you know, as a Rangers fan, that's you know, you know how
1: that's not to sneeze at. That's impressive.
0: Yeah, and you know, especially Kale McCarr too. You know, obviously in the Western Conference, it's still you know that that's a great name to be uh in a list with and I think that he has taken that step forward in his game and I think that Hannafin has as well but I don't think it is the same caliber of yeah. step, and that's that's okay I, I'm not gonna sit here and say Noah Hannafin is a horrible defenseman or dog on him like yeah does he make stupid mistakes sometimes sure but you know what so so did some of the greatest players alive. So whatever. Wayne Gretzky
1: couldn't even lift the puck. Don't worry about it.
0: Right, yeah, like there there's worse things being done on the ice than Noah Hannafin, you know, overpassing or whatever. But um, we talked about stupid penalties earlier, and that I feel like that is one thing that Rasmus Anderson is just notorious yes. for. And you know. Trevor Lewis during the Battle of Alberta playoff series was horrendous. I wanted to staple him to the bench and say, get comfy because you're not moving. But Rasmus Anderson, just something about him. It's just, I don't want to say undisciplined because I feel like that's too harsh. But I do think there are times where he slips into this, this pest
1: mode you, get, and, into it, you yeah. get into bad habits. You get into bad habits. I That jumped out at me in the game against Buffalo last week. I remember mm-hmm. in my notes writing down more than once that he was reaching instead of skating, which is always how you end up taking those penalties. You You never want – if you can make the play with your feet as opposed to your stick, that's usually a better – you're less likely to take a penalty. If you're reaching, you're leaning forward, you're either vulnerable to take a penalty or the guys, it's easier for the puck handler to go around you if you're leaning. Because if you're leaning, you're not on your edges. You can't backskate if you're leaning forward. It's just, there's a lot of little things that go into that. And in terms of the penalties, that'll kill you against Edmonton because you give them the man advantage Mm -hmm. and they just have, they have 97 and 29 out there wheeling the puck around like it's on a string. And there's nothing you can do. You can have a great goalie like Markstrom and and not going to be able to do anything if they're you're giving them a lot of five-on-four opportunities. They're that yeah. good. They were yeah. number one in the league on the power play last year.
0: I just, oh, my God. Just thinking about this team giving them the man advantage makes me just nauseous and ready to, like, just, like, end this recording. But um, have we seen – who is starting in net for the Oilers yet?
1: Don't think so. I didn't I, think so either. I, I, I that's usually, that's one of the things coaches like to pretend is a real advantage, even though it's one of the reasons I I'm waiting for the NHL to crack down on this because, like, you know how the NFL has like the injury report during the course of the week yeah. where you have to disclose ahead of time. They do that for gambling, and the NHL has all of this, all of these partnerships with like FanDuel and DraftKings and these sports gambling companies. At some point, somebody at FanDuel is going to be like, All right, I need Gerard Gallant to just tell me who's playing goalie ahead of the game so we can give a fair line. And it, it will come eventually, I imagine, but it's just posturing. It's silly. Just tell us who's playing, man. Right.
0: And, you know, I. Jack Campbell had a horrible start to his yes his first experience uh in the battle of alberta it was a nice war- warm welcome from the flames but um skinner has had some really yep. solid starts as well so you know it's um i wouldn't say it's necessarily you know you're not gonna sit here and go oh mike smith is starting so we know how this is gonna go but you know you you know you're gonna be facing a pretty good goaltender I would say regardless but um and (laughs) your note here (laughs) let's you know let's help out Markstrom
1: yes respect your goalie needs it I do yeah no I have him and Flurry on the same team on my one team so not great in the goaltending department I have McDavid on that team though so it's not as bad yeah yeah
0: yeah, that's see, I have McDavid on like my competitive league. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, if you score, just let it not be against the Flames, I guess. Like, no, nah, you're maybe. rooting for
1: an 8 7 Flames win with seven McDavid goals. That's what you're rooting for.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, give us like a double hat trick, something yeah. fun. Like, give us just. Something very exciting to work with here. Um, again, so I don't go down in flames because this week has been absolutely brutal for my fantasy team. But coming up next, we are going to talk about our winners and losers of the week because it's Friday and we're going to have fun. But first, I'm going to tell you about our friends at Simply Safe. Simply Safe is uh, a great personal home security home security uh monitoring system with 24/7 professional monitoring simply safe's agents call you the moment there is a threat detected and dispatch police or first responders if there's an emergency simply safe blankets your home in your home your in-home protection with advanced sensors in every room window and door HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. And it's the smarter way to detect motion that only alert you when there's a threat. A valid threat, not just a squirrel running across your backyard. But customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. That is simplysafe.com slash lockdown NHL to learn more. And there's no safe like Simply Safe. No one's safe in the NHL.
1: No. no I, I don't know if you saw David Krejci you got hurt last night. Yeah. That was not- that was such, like, a weird, innocuous, like, that didn't look like anything play. And he's going to be out, I think. Of-
0: yeah. I saw that he's out tonight,
1: yeah. which,
0: I mean, it's fine. He's older. There's second half of a back-to-back, like, I, d- I hope he's okay.
1: Yeah, exactly. But exactly.
0: speaking of the Bruins. Yes. I know. People hate every time I bring up the Bruins on this podcast, but I've just done it more to spite <laughs> the mean comments you have a decent winner for the week here
1: yeah uh brad Marchand came back from double hip surgery a month ahead of schedule and scored two goals in the first game he played and the bruins kind of looked like the best team in the league at the moment so brad Marchand definitely a winner of the week defying all of science they were like brad they said you weren't gonna be back till november i said no i'm not i'll be back sooner okay I- Double hip surgery, like like people get double hip surgery and have to learn how to walk again,
0: right? Like I had a boss who had just a hip replacement, and she was out of work for two weeks. Usually, it's a month, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm fine." Like I, I was bored, I was ready to come back, and I was like, "Okay, I would have taken four weeks."
1: That's Overachiever, right?
0: right. And uh, you know, I think Brad Marchand is just. Perfect example of that, and he was ready to be back on the ice and cause problems and stir the pot. I think, like, the one upside, okay, besides, like, Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie beer like, becoming Flames, but Matthew Kachuk moving to the East means that two of the league's biggest pests are in this – not only the same conference. Same division, same yeah. Same division. And I love that. I think that Marchand will absolutely give him a little bit of a run for his money, too, and be like, you, you think you ran it over there, but I, I'm here. You don't get this. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I oh my God. Bruins are rattled with, like, post-season or off-season surgeries, too, yeah. because Charlie McAvoy... I
1: think Bergeron so had least, surgery too. Yeah, Bergeron had wrist surgery. McAvoy, I think, had back so, something in his back. Yeah, it's a, they were a mess after last season. They needed to get eliminated early in the playoffs so they could all get surgery and you know get the <laughs> requisite time off to to make another run because this is kind of like the greatest hits album tour for them. Where this is kind of it.
0: Yeah, this is
1: very much
0: it for them, and that and that's okay because. When one door closes, another one will open. And, well, we don't know when that will be. But do you have a loser of the week that you would like to name?
1: It's Tom Brady, obviously. Yeah, it's Tom Brady. He, he lost on Thursday Night Football and got divorced in a 12-hour span. That's a rough, that's a rough 12 hours.
0: Yeah, you know, like, I, oh, my God. How do you? <laughs> like, your wife says... It's me or football. Or not even just me. <laughs> who are our children. <laughs> or football. And you just decide to go back. And you're like, yeah, whatever. I'll unretire. It's fine. Like, that, that stinks. Someone today was talking about um, who's going to date who first. Uh, Pete Davidson with Giselle or Kim Kardashian with Tom Brady. And I was like, you yeah,
1: know, Yeah, that was me. I tweeted that. <laughs> <laughs> was that you? Yes. Yes, that was me. <laughs> I-, I tweeted that at like 10 30 this morning when I saw the TMZ headline that they had finalized their divorce today. So, yeah. Rough week for Tom Brady. Yeah,
0: you know, especially like, you know, i don't know how getting a divorce works but obviously like there's obviously a lead up to the finalization and um imagine having to go play a game or like go to work and then wake up the next morning and it's just like all right we are uh we're done we're done
1: yeah. Yep. Oh God. He probably hurt like hell from playing in a football game last night. He woke up sore Mm -hmm. as all hell and then had like a thousand emails and like 20 missed calls from like his publicist, his agent, her publicist, the lawyers, just God, that's a rough 12 hours. I would have turned my phone off, put that in a drawer somewhere and just like sat outside. I would have been like Kendall Roy in succession laying on a pool floaty face down. That's what I would have done if I was Tom Brady today.
0: Yeah. You know what? I would have tweeted something like when's the next Victoria's Secret fashion show and shut my phone off. and been like, Whatever. But I think that'll do it for for today's episode. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Nick, thank you for hanging out and coming on the show and being part of the larger behind the scenes um greatness that goes on so thank you for amping up you know all of that and you know great way to wrap up the week with a new co-host and battle of alberta uh where again where can everyone find your work find you on social media and whatever else you'd like to plug today
1: uh, the Twitter handle is at Nick Zararis Z-A-R-A-R-I-S. I need to update the link tree because I haven't updated that in quite a while. But yeah, you can find all my work on the link tree. That's on my pit That's the pin link on my Twitter. My written stuff, my podcast stuff, my video stuff. I do a lot of content. The content doesn't sleep. I don't sleep. Adding another thing to the mix and it's fun. It's you get to do it with one of my friends. So it's very exciting.
0: Right. And I love it because it works out well with my non-podcast schedule. So, like, yeah. I get to... Like, today, I came home from work after a disastrous day. But I was like, I get to go talk hockey for, like, 35 minutes with one of my friends. Like, this is...
1: Pretty fantastic. good deal. I'm not gonna lie. Pretty good right. deal. Right.
0: And then, like, I'll wrap up here, and then I'll go get... Go watch the Bruins play former flame Johnny with hockey. <laughs> Jonathan Goudreau, um, new dad, Johnny Goudreau. I don't think I ever congratulated him on here, but hey, whatever. Better late than never. So yeah, make sure you're following Nick and make sure you're following the show's Twitter feed at LO underscore Flames pod. And one day I'll revive the Instagram.
1: Same but thing. But we'll have video clips now because I can premiere so I can clip videos and we can use the Instagram for that
0: see look at that Uh, we will get that thing up and running and then of course make sure you're subscribed to locked on flames wherever you get your podcasts let's try to hit 200 subscribers on youtube before the end of the year that would be super neat um and yeah thank you all for joining us this week and of course i'll be i'll have some weekend content coming out too because I don't know. I, I can't wait until Monday to sit here and tell you, like, how the game went. Like, I, that's impossible for me. But I will let everybody get their weekend on, and I will leave you be. And thank you again, everyone, for tuning in to Lockdown Flames.